you are not alone. However you feel, whatever is happening in your life, as I talk to you right now, in a place of great beauty, there is a presence with me and with you. Sometimes we know it, sometimes we feel it, sometimes we do not, but it's there. And this is the reason for existence. God offers us life together with him. And that's Emmanuel, God with us. And that's at the heart of this Advent series. As we walk together towards Christmas to get ready for that, God wants to be with you. Partly we're learning from uh, an outlier, a great scout of the spiritual life, a great researcher in spiritual world, Frank Laubach. And he wrote these words in his book, Letters to a Modern Mystic. Sometimes one feels that there is a discord between the cross and beauty. But there really cannot be, for God is found best through those two doorways. So for a few moments, I want to talk to you about those two doorways and finding God in the cross and in beauty. And I want to do that by reflecting on Mary as she thought about Jesus through her life. We're told in the Gospel of Luke that when he was a baby, she and Joseph took him into the temple and an old man named Simeon was there. And he was devout and he was filled with the Spirit and when he sees this child, he knows. And he takes the baby into his arms and he blesses that baby. And it's a wonderful thing when you're a parent and somebody takes your child and blesses that baby. And he says wonderful things about the baby's future. But then the final words of his blessing are just chilling. They're addressed not to God, not to the baby, not to Joseph, just to Mary. And a sword will pierce your own heart. And a sword will pierce your soul. And Mary must surely have wondered what those words would mean. Maybe she would think about them in terms of poverty. We know that generally in Israel for a young couple, when they had a baby, they would offer a lamb. But if you were real poor, you could substitute uh, two little birds. And that's what Mary and Joseph did. And we know uh, what that means is that their child did not have the things that any mom would long to give to their child. When they went to had their child circumcised in the temple, their baby would have to wait, wouldn't have a beautiful gown like other babies do. That's the way it is when you're poor. Maybe that was it. And immediately we're told in the Gospel of Matthew that Joseph finds out that uh, things will not be safe for them in their home and they have to leave not only their town but also their country and go live in Egypt. They have to live as exiles. They have to speak a strange language. They have to be with people that don't really want them there. That's a really hard way to live. Maybe Mary thinks maybe that's the sword. Jesus begins to grow up. And, uh, hi, Nance. That's all right. I'm just taping right now. I'm going to steal a pencil out of your office. Please be quiet. Man. Jesus is 12 years old. Uh, Maybe it's that you can't control somebody. Uh, He's 12 years old, and they take him to the temple. And then three days later, Mary and Joseph are on their way back to Nazareth, and they find out they have lost Jesus. It's a bad thing to lose a kid. Really bad to lose a child if it's Jesus. And they go rushing back, and he's in the temple, and he is talking with the religious leaders, amazing them. And Mary says, how could you treat us like this? Do you not know that your father and I were so anxious? And... uh, Jesus explains, I must be about my father's business. At a very early age, he understands he has an identity and a calling. And it's going to 
create pain for his mom. And she will not always understand. Maybe that's the sword. Anybody in your life that you're not able to control. Part of what we're learning in this season and being with God is to love the people in our lives, especially our families, but to learn to hold them loosely. For they are not ours. We cannot be with them, nor they with us, in the way that only God can do. Maybe that's the sword. And then Jesus grows up, and by now Joseph is gone, most likely has died, and he begins his ministry, and Mary will have been waiting for this all this time. But it's a very strange ministry. And uh, he doesn't do any of the things that she would have expected the one who was going to be the deliverer, the savior. He was to be called Jesus. The Hebrew name was Yeshua, Joshua, deliverer. But but uh, uh, he ends up eating with sinners and hanging out with tax collectors and letting up prostitute bathe his feet with her tears and rub them dry with her hair and touches lepers violates sabbath laws none of the great leaders of israel want to follow him most likely her dreams died Um, we know from the gospels that jesus has four brothers and their hebrew names are jacob judah simeon and um, joseph and those were all patriarchs. And it may well be that the dream that Mary had when they were in Egypt was that Jesus, Yeshua, the deliverer, and his brothers would be like the new patriarchs, the new deliverers that would help Israel begin again, free them from Rome and Caesar the way that Moses and Joshua had freed the people from Herod. But that dream died. And Jesus's life is so strange that we're told that His family, that is Mary and Jesus' brothers and sisters, believed that he was out of his mind. And so in Mark 3, they come to take charge of Jesus. When Jesus is told about this and somebody says to him, your mother is outside looking for you and your brothers, his response is, who are my mother and my brothers? Whoever does the will of God, looking at the people around him, that is my brother and my sister and my mother. Now you imagine how Mary felt listening to those words standing in the doorway. I'll tell you what, my mom is in her 80s right now. If I was teaching someplace and she came and sent word that she was looking for me and I were to say, who is my mother? She would tell me, I will tell you exactly who your mother is. I took you into this world and I can take you out of it. You better have no confusion on that front. But see, Jesus is beginning a new family. And that movement will sometimes bring great pain. And we are to love with great love, but it is a self-sacrificing love. And a family is a very good thing, but a family is not God. And a family is not to be idolized. And um, there's pain for Jesus and his family. Maybe that's the sword. And then his ministry continues on and things get darker and darker. And finally, he is arrested and tried and hung on a cross. And then we're told in John chapter 19, verse 25, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, Mary. I wonder how near she stood. 
I wonder if Jesus tried to keep his mom away so that she would not have to see. And that body that she brought into the world and that she laid in a manger and that she nursed and fed and bathed and clothed and worried over and tended when it was sick. She now has to watch nailed to a cross. And when he died, we're told that they pierced his body with a sword, with a spear, and blood flowed from his side. And now Mary knows about the sword that pierces. I wonder what Mary thought about the cross. I wonder in later years if anybody ever wore a cross around Mary like a piece of jewelry. Because it was not a thing of beauty. Until uh, Easter Sunday came and the resurrection. And slowly over time, Jesus' followers, beginning with Mary as much as anybody, began to understand that death couldn't stop him. And that what took place on the cross, although it was a horrible, hateful, humiliating thing, in some deeper, strange way, along with the resurrection, became the ultimate expression of the self-sacrificing love that is at the heart of God. It is not an accident that beauty and the cross are the two doorways. And we see Mary one last time in the New Testament in the first chapter of the book of Acts when we're told after the resurrection and Jesus has gone to be with his father, the disciples meet together in the upper room for prayer. And there also was Mary and Jesus' brothers. And his earthly family is healed in the community of his spiritual family. Sometimes that happens. Here's what Frank Laubach writes. God is found best through these two doorways. The gray-blue rolling water tinged with white caps, hemmed with distant green hills, crowned with colored clouds, baby blue sky reveals God's love of beauty. God is so lavish with his paintbrush in the tropics. He is lavish everywhere if one only has eyes to see him at work. But there is in the universe a higher kind of beauty than a pretty face or even a soul that sings for joy. It is the beauty of sacrifice, of giving up for others, of suffering for others. A woman has not reached her highest beauty until she lays down her ease and chooses pain for others. A man has not found his highest beauty until his brow is tinged with care for some cause he loves more than himself. The beauty of sacrifice is the final word of beauty. Beauty and pain, the two doorways come together in the cross. So now today, find God in beauty and pain. Be with him there. And then just one small act of sacrifice, a kind word to somebody, a gift to somebody, take a few moments to serve somebody, allow yourself to be interrupted by somebody, do a favor to somebody, bless somebody. You are not alone. Hey, thanks for joining us. To receive a text alert when new episodes are released, you can text the word BECOME to the number 855-888-0444. 
You can also send prayer requests there. We would love to pray for you. To receive the emails that go along with each video, let us know at becomenew.me slash subscribe. Special thanks to Matthew Custer for the art and design for this series. See you next time.